Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. I am so glad y'all are here today. We are going to talk about our words and the impact that they have on the people receiving them. Okay, so in any given day, we speak over 7,000 words. I don't know about you, but this statistic is so startling to me. 7,000 just seems like such a big number, but when I started thinking through a typical day in my life, I realized that the number is probably pretty accurate. Most of you already know this, but I'm a people person, so naturally I'm a talker, not only through my words on this podcast, but also in the way that I stay connected to my tribe and the way that I connect with people wherever I go. God has entrusted the gift of being an encourager to me, and it's a gift that I steward faithfully. It's a gift that requires words. So I started thinking about the impact that our words have on other people and the people that have specifically impacted me by their words. And I believe that our words are one of the very few things that we do actually have control over. And with that privilege comes a lot of responsibility. In fact, every time we speak, I believe there are things that God wants us to be aware of. James 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Before I speak, there are two questions that I filter you know, my words through and my thoughts through before I even respond. And the first is, is what I'm about to say going to lift the other person up? And the second is, how will my words impact the person receiving them? Because really, I want both of those to be a positive experience. And over time, I've come to realize that in the world, there are two common languages amongst adults. There's complaining and there's gossiping. Y'all, we don't have to teach our kids how to do either of these things because they're growing up in a world where this is the norm. And it's the same with adults. We all want to complain about how busy we are or the weather, our jobs, our in-laws, our spouses. I mean, the list is endless, but none of these things are helpful and they're certainly not lifting anyone up. No one walks away from a conversation with someone who has just been gossiping or complaining and feels better. In fact, I've had to walk away from many relationships in the last couple of years because the common language was gossip or complaining. And I just don't have a place in my life for that. Proverbs 17 verses 27 through 28 says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. I believe that God desires for our words to be carefully chosen. And when it comes to our words, y'all, sometimes less is more. God wants us to be intentional and choose wise words. And he certainly doesn't desire us to say whatever it is that we're thinking. In fact, part of spiritual maturity and how I've seen it play out in my own life is that I'm more eager to listen than to speak. And... I'm listening to understand the other person. 
not just to get my next thought or opinion out on the table. I think all of us could really benefit from having a set of ground rules with our words. And I think everyone's ground rules are going to look different, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about how they look in my own life. So I have kind of three categories. And the first category is ground rules when I'm talking to my kids. We really believe that our words should lift each other up. It is a common theme for us. So when we say something in our house or my kids say something to their brothers, I want it to be life-giving. We also talk a lot about our feelings. So when our feelings are hurt, we talk about why. Or when we're happy or joyful, we talk about why we feel that way. One of the things we say a lot in our house is that it's okay to change your mind. All three of my kids have very different personalities. No two are the same. And sometimes what happens is one brother will say that they do or that they don't want to eat or play something and then they change their mind. I am big on cultivating an environment where my kids know that they're allowed to change their mind. And we talk about that. Because I believe that by being open and honest with them, I'm cultivating an environment that makes them want to come and talk and be honest with their dad and me. And that's so important as they grow up. Another ground rule we have with our kids is that we don't say no right away. We try to really think about how a yes would be possible. And I think for a lot of us, no is just the first word that comes to mind in a lot of different situations. But sometimes by saying no just right off the bat, we are missing out on a life-changing yes from God. And that's why it's one of our ground rules with our kids. In our marriage, we have ground rules, and one of them is that we always say, I love you. And it's not because we feel obligated, but it's because we really are so in love. And it's important for us to make sure the other person knows that. We say it with words, but also with actions, because love really is an action. And for us, it's not enough to just say it. It's about feeling it in our heart and then showing how we feel. We also over-communicate, and this has taken a lot of help from our Christian counselor. It has also required prayer and God's loving grace and mercy. My best piece of advice for all of our young friends who are in that season now of getting ready to get married is to over-communicate. It solves so many problems before they even start, and it's such an easy habit to form in the early years of your marriage. It takes work. It doesn't just happen naturally, but it's work worth doing. Another ground rule for us in our marriage is that in the words that we don't say. So we never say divorce, ever, for any reason. In fact, we call it the D word, and it's off limits. We learned very on, very early on in a Bible study that we did and we were a part of the pain and the devastation that can come from carelessly throwing the D word around. My husband and I don't believe in divorce, so we aren't going to give the enemy the opportunity to find a way to our table by using the word. I also have ground rules in my tribe. Right from the very beginning, The first rule we have is that we don't gossip. 
we ask ourselves the question, is what I'm about to say a form of gossiping? Because don't be fooled, friends. I really believe that sometimes when we ask for prayer requests, a spiritually immature person could be using a prayer request, and I'm using quotation marks around that, they could be using as that as a form of gossip to talk about a struggle that someone else is having. And the enemy loves that. So don't be fooled and don't fall into that trap. In my tribe, we also lift each other up and we point each other to Jesus. When one of us is in the valley, we put on our hiking boots and we walk down that path together because we're in it for the long haul. And when one of us is on the mountaintop, we lace up our tennis shoes and we climb to the top to celebrate each other. I want to share a story with y'all and it's about the impact of somebody else's words on me. When I was in my first few years of becoming a runner, I had a coach named Matt Byerly. I don't know if he will ever listen to this podcast or if he even realizes the depth in which he impacted me, but his influence was profound. He inspired me both on and off of the field and a lot of the confidence that I had early on in my running career and honestly that I still have as a runner is because of his confidence. His encouragement and belief in me had a lasting impact on the person that I am now, not only as a runner, but also as a Christian. Coach Byerly loves the Lord, and he was very open with his students and his athletes about his faith. In fact, it was one of the things that I admired most about him. It's what set him apart from the other teachers and the other coaches. He also lovingly pushed me to give 110%. In fact, I would say the reason that I was a varsity runner for so long is because he reminded me that I can do hard things and that hard things are a part of life. But with eyes set on the Lord and perseverance, all things are possible. I have a piece of paper that is on the bulletin board that hangs above my desk. In fact, I can see it right now as I'm sharing this story with y'all. This paper is at least 20 years old. I saved it because it is so important to me. It says, Brittany, I love your attitude. You race and train like a warrior. Stick with it and you'll be great. It's from Coach Byerly. As we think about our words and the impact that they can have on other people, I encourage you to be like my coach. Believe in others and tell them that you believe in them. Encourage them and love them the way that Jesus does. If you have kids or nieces or nephews or grandkids, be a constant in their life. Continue to show up and encourage them. Remind them that they are every good thing and that they were created in God's image. I'm going to leave y'all with a final thought for today. If tomorrow morning when you woke up, you were limited to only 7,000 words a day and not even one word more than that was going to be given to you, would you have to change the way that you talk to people? Would your life pretty much be the same as it is now? Or would big changes have to be made? I encourage you to be honest with yourself as you reflect on these questions. 
and pray about it because God is so good in the way that he speaks to us and he meets us where we are. I'm praying for y'all and I'll see you next week.